March 1st, 1578, west coast of Peru. Captain Juan de Anton, a brooding man with Castilian green eyes and a precisely trimmed black beard, peered through his spyglass at the strange ship following in his wake and raised his eyebrows in mild surprise. A chance encounter, he wondered, or a planned interception. On the final lap of a voyage from Callao de Lima, de Anton had not expected to meet other treasure galleons bound for Panama, where the king's wealth would be packed aboard mules for a journey across the isthmus, and then shipped over the Atlantic to the coffers of Seville. He perceived a trace of French design in the hull and rigging of the stranger trailing his wake a league and a half astern. If he had been sailing the Caribbean trade routes to Spain, de Anton would have shunned contact with other ships— but his suspicions cooled slightly when he spied an enormous flag streaming from a tall staff on the stern. Like his own ensign, snapping tautly in the wind, it sported a white background with the rampant red cross of 16th century Spain. Still, he felt a trifle uneasy. De Anton turned to his second-in-command and chief pilot, Luis Torres. What do you make of her, Luis? Torres, a tall, clean-shaven Galician, shrugged. Too small for a bullion galleon. I judge her to be a wine merchantman out of Valparaiso, heading for port in Panama the same as we. You do not think there is a possibility she might be an enemy of Spain? Impossible. No enemy ships have ever dared attempt the passage through the treacherous labyrinth of the Magellan Strait around South America. Reassured, de Anton nodded. Since we have no fear of them being French or English, let us put about and greet them. Torres gave the order to the steersman, who sighted his course across the gun deck from under a raised trunk on the deck above. He manhandled a vertical pole that pivoted on a long shaft that turned the rudder. The Nuestra Señora de la Concepción, the largest and most regal of the Pacific Armada treasure galleons, leaned onto her port side and came around on a reverse course to the southwest. Her nine sails filled from a swift easterly offshore breeze that pushed her 570-ton bulk through the rolling swells at a comfortable five knots. Despite her majestic lines and the ornate carvings and colorful art designs painted on the sides of her high stern and forecastle, the galleon was a tough customer. Extremely rugged and seaworthy, she was the workhorse of the ocean-going vessels of her time. And, if need be, she could slug it out with the best privateers a marauding sea nation could throw at her to defend the precious treasure in her cargo holds. To the casual eye, the treasure galleon looked to be a threatening warship bristling with armament, but surveyed from the inside, she could not conceal her true purpose as a merchant ship. Her gun decks held ports for nearly fifty four-pound cannon. But lulled by the Spanish belief that the South Seas were their private pond, and the knowledge that none of their ships had ever been attacked or captured by a foreign raider, the Concepcion was lightly armed with only two guns to reduce her tonnage so she could carry heavier cargo. Now feeling that his ship was in no danger, Captain de Anton casually sat on a small stool and resumed peering through his spyglass at the rapidly approaching ship. It never occurred to him to alert his crew for battle, just to be on the safe side. He had no certain foreknowledge, not even a vague premonition that the ship he had turned to meet was the Golden Hind, captained by England's indefatigable sea dog Francis Drake, who stood on his quarterdeck and calmly stared back at the Anton through a telescope.
with the cold eye of a shark following a trail of blood. Damned considerate of him to come about and meet us, muttered Drake, a beady-eyed gamecock of a man with dark red curly hair complemented by a light sandy beard that tapered to a sharp point under a long swooping mustache. The very least he could do after we've chased his wake for the past two weeks, replied Thomas Cuttle, sailing master of the Golden Hind. Aye, but she's a prize worth chasing.' 